This is Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question comes from Katrina. Katrina asks, what does the Bible say about death and dying, and how does it apply to do not resuscitate orders? I'm an ICU nurse, and I deal with death on a regular basis, and lately I've been having conversations with God about it and wanted to see your thoughts. <laughs> I was thinking and praying about families who hold on to their loved ones with very poor prognoses, and they want aggressive treatment, and how it's almost unchristian to be a DNR akin to even murder. I was talking to God and I thought about how in the Bible, it talks a lot about dying and how it can happen at any moment and that it is finishing the race, fighting the good fight and not to cling to our life on this earth. But it's really heartbreaking for me to see families that profess the faith and grow through this dilemma and wanted some godly insight on this subject. Thanks so much for your time from Katrina. You know, it's a kind of sick humor, but I saw a picture sometime back of a guy that was tattooed with real big letters on his collarbone that said dnr and the other side said no really dnr <laughs> so i don't know what this story was wow, but okay. no that's a tattoo yeah not to make light of this not number one we have a problem because modern medicine has really created i mean some wonderful things but yes. also some very complicated things before I launch into some of my observations, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a medical ethicist. And uh, Katrina, you're living it right up yeah. close and personal. Your mom and I, Hannah, had dinner with a couple recently, and she is an ICU, NICU, ER nurse who also teaches. She was talking about the hospital where she works becoming a center for these infants that have these incredibly complex situations that are all going to die. And she was very against the move. And we were talking about, she's a very strong Christian. But anyway, so it's a timely question. Number one, I think God numbers our days. Hebrews 9.27, in as much as it is appointed for man to die once, after this comes judgment. And so, not to be trite, but you know, we do have a day. Interestingly, and this related to another question, I received two questions this week in emails about suicide. Yeah. I want to point out two resources. One, Bible.org is your friend. It's all free, and you can put in the search engine you know, suicide, DNR, whatever, and it will populate a good list of links. Some are longer, some are shorter, but it's a great place to go as kind of a thumbnail reference to bookmark. And then a book I highly recommend for medical professionals. It's uh, not a long book. It's only about 80 pages. It's called Biobasic Series. And there's a, several, obviously. And this is called Basic Questions on Suicide and Euthanasia. And each contributor of the, let's say, 10 or 12 contributors is a subject matter expert on a chapter. It's a great book. And again, we'll have the link in the show notes. So let me say this. We do have examples in the Bible where people wanted to die. And so it's not new. And I would also add to that, I don't know any reference other than Hezekiah who wanted to live. Mm. He asked for more years. So this is not a new problem. Knowing your medical and personnel who work with you in the ICU, and I would say for us who are not in there, this needs to be talked about with your primary care doctor before it happens. Mm -hmm. Healthcare has a vagary of talking about quality of life. Yeah or failure to thrive. 
And some of this code language needs to be precisely asked of that healthcare provider, what do you mean? Because one healthcare provider might say, this person has no quality of life. Does that mean they're going to linger for a long time or you should let them die? Mm-hmm. And you need to pin down that healthcare professional and ask them very specifically, is CPR a form of of life-giving procedures that would not be DNR? Of course it is. Mm-hmm. If a person codes and you give them CPR, you're bringing them back that, to life, yeah. so to speak, within two to three minutes max. And, and so then you have to ask these hard questions. Back to the infant for a moment and in ICU, if that child is not going to live and trisomy 18 or some other massive complication, you have to ask the question, is this about the parent or the person? Mm -hmm. And the healthcare provider obviously has to do what's best for the patient. But when the parent is saying, you know, what else can we do? That's where that primary care physician is so important in the decision. Mm -hmm. I don't know what regulations an ICU or a NICU nurse has to tell a patient, you know, it would be my recommendation that you don't do these things. And that's going to be hospital protocol and, and all kinds of things you have to be careful of. But I think you're right, is my point. I think we cling perhaps too tenaciously to life at times. Mm-hmm. If we're elderly, if we're in organ failure, massive organ failure, obviously if there's no brain function, it's not even a, a discussion. But this is the problem. Medical technology has brought us into an era where we have to make these decisions, where even 50 years ago, it was a lot easier. Mm-hmm. From a biblical perspective, I don't have anything to tell you, Katrina, other than we're made in the image of God. It's appointed for man that I once, and I don't see uh, intervention being right or wrong. There has to be some wisdom principle here that says this person is not going to thrive. Mm-hmm. If we do this to him or her, does it by days, weeks, months? And then that's, again, where it's incumbent on us as individuals as we have children with complications or as we face our elderly years. So yeah, your mom and I have talked about this, Hannah, and I've given her very specific instructions. Yeah. If this happens to me, you do not resuscitate me. Yeah, yeah. And we've argued about it. Yeah. She's like, I will resuscitate you until yeah. the end of time. I, I want you around. And I'm like, well, uh, no, that's not what I want because yeah. I know where I'm going. Right. Paul says to die is to gain. Yeah. I look forward to that life, yeah. but I want to be faithful here and now. And yeah. so, you know, I probably haven't helped this woman well, at all, Hannah. It's such a complicated issue. And at the same time, God is sovereign over it, right? So resuscitating someone doesn't alter God's plan for that. If, you know, God has numbered our days. Resuscitating someone isn't going to like void that or change what God numbered in the same way that a DNR isn't going to cut it short. Like somehow, you know, and again, I'm not getting to like God yeah. knew what we were going to do. And so, you know, yeah. and I'm not trying to get there, but like somehow God is still sovereign over all of it, it doesn't take away the complexity of it. And I mean, I called you the same thing because as Tyler and I were doing our wills is is going, okay, at what point is this ethical and not ethical? And, you know, because I don't, yeah, anyway, it's complicated. I remember a golf celebrity who was in liver failure, liver transplants are very near and dear to our hearts because we know families that have had them. And it's a big surgery and it's complicated and there's people aren't donating organs he got this liver and he died very shortly after it. he was i think in his late 70s and i don't want to 
being kind to him, but I thought, you know, there were a lot of teenagers that could have had a whole life out of that liver, Yeah. but you took it yeah. because you had the money and the wherewithal. So then you asked the question a number of our days, and you know, I don't know the back side of the tapestry, uh, the front side of the tapestry very well, but I, I do know wisdom would tell me make these decisions when I'm healthy and of sound mind, yep. and talk to your healthcare provider. You need a really good primary care provider, and talk to him or her about you know what you need to draw up if you need a living will. Very debated subject, mm-hmm. but you need to go through that. If you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, you're behind the ball. You need to do that right away. And and back to Katrina's question, yeah, we'll pray for you. What a great ministry you have to these people and and children that are facing this. In God's great kindness, he's got you there. And you watch people cross that threshold. It's it's a powerful and precious experience. Thanks for what you do to care for people. Yeah. Thanks, Katrina, for writing in. We appreciate you. All right. Well, if you've got a question for Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. The info is in your show notes. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic and music composed by Jason Germain. 